Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If you're a fan of the Tragically Hip, this is your Hip Fest. Getting hip to the hip, September 1st at the Rec Room. Celebrate the music of the hip with a live tribute act, the finale of a hip-based podcast, and a silent auction with amazing hip prizes, with all proceeds going to support the Gord Downey and Shawnee Wenjack Fund. If you're a fan of the hip, you need to be there. Tickets available now at gettinghiptothehip.com. What was I listening to? That's the first thing that went through my mind when I experienced Man Machine Poems' first track, Man, for the first time. Although my love affair with the hip was back in full gear, I don't remember really digging into this record when it dropped. I was in and out of the hospital dealing with my mental health when I underwent ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. You know when you get a full list of the worst things that can happen during a procedure because the doctors have to tell you, even though the odds of landing are minuscule? Well, the worst possible thing happened with me in ECT. I had full-on amnesia. There are whole swaths of my memory that are gone. And I also have trouble making new memories. So I think my first run at this album was lost in the barrens. Fast forward to the Fully and Completely podcast, though, and I fell in love. I fell in love with this, the hip's 13th full length. And when I say loved, it's tough for me to quantify how much I do love this album. From the complicated man, through the gorgeous Insarnia, and the mysterious Oceans Next, this is a damn near masterpiece. Sadly, none of the tracks on this album would get to live a life outside the final 2016 Man Machine Poem Tour. I love the performance of In a World Possessed by the Human Mind, but I honestly think it would have become a tour staple if the band had been able to endure Gord's cancerous life sentence. Although, during the recording of the formerly titled Dougie Stardust, the band couldn't have known that this would be their final kick at the can, but I can't imagine a more fitting album to do the perfunctory honors. Essentially, to sum it all up in one word, sigh. I'm so curious what our friends Pete and Tim will feel about all of this. I guess we should kick into it. Getting hip to the hip. Long Slice Brewery presents Getting Hip to the Hip. Hey, it's JD here, and welcome to Getting Hip to the Hip. We are back as we are every week going through the catalog of seminal Canadian rock band, The Tragically Hip. 
I'm here, as always, with my friends Pete and Tim, trying to uh, ascertain exactly what they think of this band, because they've never heard them before. Please join me in welcoming my friends Pete and Tim. Pete and Tim, welcome. Hi, JD. Hi, Tim. Hi, fellas. Thanks for the welcome. You're always so warm, JD. I want to make one quick correction in your intro there, JD, is that um, you said that we've never heard of them. Um, now we've been doing this podcast, what, 15, 14 weeks, something like that. Fair enough. I had fucking heard of the tragedy. So I I just, I don't think it's fair. You know, we might want to prepare people for that, the finale too. Hey, I know who they are. Okay. Pre, (laughs) you know, pre pod recording for me, it was, it was like a bumper sticker. So yeah, yeah, we've heard them now. Or that little stamp thing that you put on your suitcase, not stamp, but stickers that you put on your suitcase. Yeah. Tags, yeah. It's yeah. the ones that say fragile. No, no. Fragile. Like you put like every city you go to, you put it on your suitcase, and then your suitcase has all these uh, oh, stickers all over. That. Yeah, yeah. If you that. don't have you don't if you don't have the can, uh, the Canada one on there, then your shit gets stolen. Yeah, <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> Definitely don't want an American flag on there. Right. No, no that's true. And uh, you guys are. Um, I mean, we're, we're what, uh, two weeks away. You guys are ready to, uh, have you started packing yet? <laughs> I'm still doing laundry. I wish. Okay. I'm still doing laundry. Well, I usually pack the day before. Yeah. I, I Oftentimes I pack the morning of, so I, yeah. I'm, mm. I'm not bad. Yeah. That's but uh, we're looking forward to seeing you, of course. Uh, tickets are still available. For the event, which is, again, two weeks from now, September 1st, Friday night at the Rec Room in Toronto. If you're a hip fan, you got to come to this thing. I mean, it's just that simple. It's it's almost like HipCon, where we're all just going to get together and, you know, enjoy our love for this band. So, And if you're not there, then you're clearly not a hip fan. (laughs) That's right. I mean, if if you want to be a hip completist and you've gotten this far with us... You got to come to the, to the yeah. fundraiser. Yeah. You got to come to the show. Come on, come yeah, it, it's like, yeah, yeah. if you don't, and you've got, gotten this far and you, you can't make it, then I, I don't know. Losing some cred. Yeah. And we've got some we're, more prizes Story. are coming in, but we've got some awesome, awesome prizes uh, for the silent auction. I don't know if they're, if they're called prizes or if they'd be items for auction. Um, we've got some uh, pretty neat ones. We've got uh, some ephemera from the Tragically Hip themselves uh, autographed. We've got uh, some items from Dave Bastido. We've got $200 in Air Canada gift cards. We've got a couple oh. beautiful gift baskets. We've got another gift card to Amazon. We've got, um, oh, hell, I, I can't There's even begin. A- there's also a uh, it's a it's it's in a frame. It's done really nicely, but there's a there's a lock of Bob Rock's hair. <laughs> a Bob Rock lock? Are you telling me you've got a Bob Rock it's, lock? It's a Bob Rock lock. <laughs> I might I might try to win that, and I'll weave it into my bang. Oh God, wouldn't that be cool, man? A lock of Bob Rock's hair. Oh man. <laughs> He's 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 gonna send somebody out, dude. He's yeah. It's gonna be a hit job, dude. No, he's gonna send somebody out to fucking kill us. That's exactly. Cool. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. 
Also, it, it goes without saying. Actually, no, it doesn't go without saying. It would be rude of me to mention the bonus feed at this point because the season's over. Uh, yeah. You know, we're pretty much done. There's no more bonus episodes, and this is right. not a seasonal podcast. We're not going to do these albums again. But you can revisit it and go back and listen for years to come, right? That's true. You, that's totally true. You can go back and listen to uh, all those fun episodes that we did that were outside of the realm of the albums. So yeah. there's that. Is Bob Rock Canadian? Bob Rock is Canadian. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, like, he... re- respectfully, like he is, like, like from like 87 to like 95, probably yeah. like the top producer on earth. Dude, totally. He did the Black Album. He but, did the Black um, Album. He did no, all he's his probably not going to send out a hit team for us, Tim. He's not going to send people to kill us, but he probably will send a strongly worded letter. <laughs> In Canadian, no. yeah. Very strongly worded letter. Anyway. Well, this record that we're talking about today, the 13th record, Man Machine Poem, was not produced by Bob Rock. It was produced by, oh my gosh, my notes are not in front of me now. Uh, it was produced by Kevin Drew. Jesus Christ, Jamie, you should have known that. And and Dave Kevin Hamlin. So Dave broke, Hamlin. Broken social scene. And Dave Hamlin, yeah, yeah who also yeah. produced the first posthumous Gord record. So clearly Gord living in Toronto at this time was, you know, part of this sort of cabal of artists in in the city and he had been working with them you know a lot uh and we're seeing the fruits of that now i don't know if you guys have listened to the the bob rock gord downey uh convergence but uh, we haven't talked about that at all on the show okay well maybe we'll make that homework for next week's episode um just give it a cursory listen yeah there's some of the best Gord vocals I've ever heard on it, but it's not my favorite Gord record overall, I would say. And it's also produced by our friend Bob Rock, which is funny. Hmm. Yeah, when in doubt. <laughs> right? It's like a little when glass case through the hammer. You know, I, I might, the, the dog might eat my homework on that one. <laughs> if my Fair. flight is delayed going into Toronto, you know who I'm blaming. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. When you yeah, fly that, old, that old Norm McDonald bit, you guessed it, Frank Stallone. Or, <laughs> you know, or instead of Frank Stallone, you guessed it. Your flight's delayed? You got, your house got struck by lightning? Whose fault is it? You guessed it. Probably there isn't some uh, Metallica fan in the control tower that, that Bob has access to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a well produced record. Uh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I, I, I think it. I think those songs still. You know, you can still listen to them and you know that it's from 1991, but it's, um, it still works. Like, it's not like, whoa, this is, this is way off, you know, Yeah, yeah. where there's some stuff that you hear and you're like, like the EP, for example, you know, uh, the, the tragically hip EP, uh, it, it, you know, it sounds like 1987, but now it sounds like like 1987 plus 35 years, you know? Right. If, if yeah, that makes totally. any sense. I don't know. Yeah. I'm rambling a bit here. But um, what do you say we get into your thoughts on the record and your first experiences with the record and uh, how you listened to the record as we do in each and every episode? I mean, just maybe we just talk about the the album conceptually because... Sure. 
really, it really at first listen for me, it was feeling different. You know, it was feeling, um, I don't know. It was dreamy and fuzzy and it feels like, uh, some memories. I don't know. At one point I was like, this would be good to listen to on a road trip at night. You know, like it just, yeah. this, this one had, um, kind of this sad, but futuristic, it was, it was kind of all over the place. It just, um, it wasn't exactly a mood booster or like, uh, yes, this is, this is that next hip album. You know, this one was different. And, um, you know, I understand that it was released before Gord's cancer announcement. But it was also, you know, like it, it made me wonder about his wife's whole process with cancer and all of that, too. But it just it was kind of ominous in that whole regard of what was going on in Gord's life, perhaps. Um, and I, I read some quote from him around this time era, maybe during the recording time era. He said something about not wanting to sing any lyrics anymore that he doesn't write. You know, if the band was pitching in on lyrics, like I feel like he, he was feeling the weight of the world coming down upon him, even perhaps without even knowing his diagnosis. I guess he had a couple of strokes during that time, but anyways, the, seizures or seizures. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah seizures. Yeah. Thank you. But anyways, it's uh it's a trippy album. It's, um, it 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 kind of hit me in different ways, and I I listened to it. Uh, I was traveling past couple of weeks and kind of listened to it here and there. At one point, we were we were packing up to head to the next town, and we were in Italy. and And I said oh, to my wife, I said, you know, I'll, I'll play this recent hip album we're working on because I think it you know it suits the morning. It's kind of rainy. Uh, we're, we're packing up, we're getting ready, you know, just kind of methodically going through the motions and played it. And she wasn't, I, I, her vibe from it was like, really wasn't so sure. She just didn't know, really know how to, didn't, didn't really know how to pick up from this one out. She hasn't really listened to a whole album yet, but we played the whole album and about halfway through it, I was like, huh, should I put something else on? This is, is fitting the mood. What is the mood? Right. Yeah. Well, it was it was a very strange mood here in Canada, because I'm I'm not sure how you worded it a moment ago, but we did know that he had cancer when the record came out. So the record was supposed to come out, and then they delayed it when he had his second seizure. Mm. They delayed it to June, and it came out in June. But but they announced on the May long weekend, so just one month before. They had announced that he had inoperable, well, not inoperable, because he had already had half his brain removed. Uh, he, he had many operations, but he had the type of cancer that he had and his, you know, sort of um, status, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, holy, it was grim. It was, it was fucking grim. Yeah. And then you get this record and you put it on and there's like... There's stuff on here that is like, when they wrote the record, he didn't have cancer. But man, some of the lyrics seem foreboding. Well, here, here's the thing with the big C is 
A lot of people talk about cancer when they get diagnosed as that's when I found out I had cancer. And I think just based on experiences I've had with people around me and family, etc., that it grows in the body for as long as it grows until it's making its debut. You know, like he, he had a very special brain and a very creative guy and just obviously all the things about Gord's writing abilities. And, you know, this this might have been something that was growing in there for a long time. I think it was probably there during the whole album producing and making and affecting likely how his brain worked. A friend of ours, mother, had brain cancer, and she was not normal for, like, three, four years. And no one, like, why is she, why is she, why is she slowly becoming so mean, you know? And turns out she had brain cancer and it was like the size of a grapefruit before they figured it out. So it was probably there and it was probably making its effect on his creative outlet, his creative abilities. What do you think, Pete? Um, wow, a lot to unpack there. Heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, we jumped right into it. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the, all I will say in terms of the lyrics, um, yeah, it is a bit foreboding. Um, I, you know, I, I can't really, I think, I can't remember what song it was that made me think, you know, had, did he know that he got, that he had cancer up until this point? Um, I think it was track four in Sarnia. And um, yeah, made me, made me, made me definitely think, Know, what was going on during this but yeah it's it's a unique album i mean it's certainly different i mean i'll, I'll comment more on on the songs you know and why i think that way it is you know but overall very enjoy it very much enjoyed it listen to it in the car listen to it at the desk listen to it on traveling on a plane lots of different places lots of different uh ways to experience this record i feel like it's it's something that i would put on in the winter that's kind of how it felt to me. There's a few songs maybe that were not not so much in this kind of mode for me, but you know, all in all, just kind of on the stats side, on the stat side of things, it's got a 3.5, which I wasn't surprised to see on all music. Um, it's short. It's again another 40-ish minute album, right? Lots of songs around the four-minute mark. Like it's, I felt like uh, I don't know it. it it did win a Juno Award for Rock Album of the Year in 17, which is amazing. You know, that shows that a band can really evolve and change and have ups and downs and still grab one of those awards. It's fucking killer. So, yeah. Most of this album didn't get much live play time. No, they only did the one tour, which was like 14 yeah. years, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, this, we this didn't, didn't get, get this here. And I mean, we're fucking incredibly lucky that we got that tour. Like when, when I show you no guys, doubt. the docu- when I show you guys the documentary, long time running, it's called bring some tissues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tareeb, Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for me, I missed most of this because I was very sick at the time. And I just have no memory. Um, so there's that. <laughs> what do you say we get into track by track? Let's do it. Let's do it. Track number one. Man. Man. Man what, dude? 
What did I say? <laughs> man, what a track. But you said it like, man. I was oh, like, man. Man. Second uh, longest track on the album, you know? Yeah. Um, it's definitely got this. I mean, this is this is where I personally was like, okay, here's the somber start. It's got, but it, well, no, I think backtrack that that digitized chorus, whatever it is, the very beginning yeah. of this is like an interrupter. You know, that's like, whoa, where are we going with this album? But yeah, it kind of felt like a, the song felt like a prayer or a mantra. You know, just kind of like was heavy, kind of coming in and out. The the chorus was just the song, it felt like. Um, it felt like it could be an outro. And it was yeah. the first. It was the first. So That's a good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Like, yeah. The way it starts off is is I think really cool and unique and certainly different from the hip um uh i i love gord's vocals on this i think and i'll say it a, a lot throughout the throughout the pod but i think the percussion and the arrangements on this entire record is awesome um mm-hmm. when the mm-hmm. the way like everything's layered beautifully the piano hits when this song really opens up, it, it does have some hardcore Radiohead vibes. I think this first hmm. track. Very much. Wow. Okay. I can see that. Um, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Definitely like like Kid A and Rainbows, I would say. Radiohead. Hmm. You know, hmm. Not OK Computer Radiohead. Right. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I, 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 really cool opening track. That's for sure. In a world possessed by the human mind. Thank you. 
This was the first single from uh, the record. And a great single. I mean, you know, it doesn't necessarily tell the tale of the record of what you're going to get when you get this record. Uh, the, you know, the record is obviously much more low key, but, um, I think it's a banger. <laughs> I love this song and I came that's, to it late. That's crazy. I, I, I mean, I like the song. It's funny that it's, it's single and I think it's got the most listens on Spotify. Um, I mean, I like it. I, I, I think probably the most unique thing about it to me is like, I know we make a lot of Bob Rock jokes on this podcast, and I really do like Bob Rock. I, I joke a lot, but I feel like the, clearly, like Bob Rock isn't even in the rearview mirror anymore with this record. Like it's something that, like, I don't think many producers would have had worked on or signed off on or like been a part of. You know, it's really different. It's really different. Um, but I like this. I like this track. I I don't think it's the best track on the record, and I I don't even I wouldn't even call it a banger. I like this track, but I wouldn't have chose it as a single. Wow! Yeah. Just give me the news, Tim. Yeah. Well, uh, this was like one of three that they played live. You know, on that last tour, I believe, and um, I, the the sound was a little more. I don't know. It was refined in some different way on this one. The there's like it almost sounded like the drums. Some of the drums were recorded in like a hard walled room or something. Like this this one had again. It's this album has a different feel to it, and this one kind of was like brought us out of the clouds of that first song. Um, it felt like uh, maybe you know I I didn't in general on this album I didn't conceptually get into lyrics a whole lot but this one made me think like this sounds like it's based on hospital experiences or maybe Gord's wife's cancer or there's some kind of personal struggle in here with the lyrics and the I felt like the ending was kind of a cliffhanger like the verse just kind of drops and right? there's no yeah and then there's no stanza like there's, it just, it just stops right there. You know, like, like what in, was the in, look on her face? I want to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you know, it also conversely, like many of hip, the hip songs and Gord's lyrics, it made me just, while I was driving, it made me think about social media and how everybody's on their phones and staring at their phones and always looking down. And, you know, I kind of, uh, I have this constant commentary on, in my mind about how like people are going to slowly turn back into tumbleweeds because we're all looking down so often we're just going to roll away and this you know <laughs> this 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 song kind of i don't know it's it just it, it has good pickup for song number two but it also is kind of carrying the same ominous feel you know yeah I feel that yeah yeah yeah, I hmm. I had a good thought for you and uh and now it's gone. And that's a shame. That's a crying goddamn shame. Trying to see if I can will it back. Will it back. It's not coming back. I'm vamping. Now I'm speaking out loud about vamping, which is giving away the gig 
which means I should probably just switch subjects ah. and go to what blue? What blue? I, uh, I, I dug this song a lot. I thought lyrically it was very cool. Um, uh, there's some really unique background guitar licks in here. Again, mm -hmm. this is another one that, um, that the arrangements and the way everything's placed, um, is just rad. I love it. I yeah. got a, got a really, especially with the spacey solo, like I got a really pavementy vibe from it. Hmm. Um, wow. And the lyric, uh, I love you so much. It distorts my life. Like, oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I dug, I, I dug this track. It's, it's sweet. It's sounds like it's maybe, I don't know. Part of it feels like it, it's a weird one. Like it felt, you know, some of the guitar sounds Pete that you mentioned felt mm -hmm. kind of cave like, like there's some resonance or something going on in this album. That's a little bit different that perhaps, um, Kevin drew or Dave Hamlin brought in, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. The song's under three minutes, you know, it doesn't feel that way though. It's one of those songs that's, that's quick and heavy and big and, you know, but at the same time, even though we're having kind of like these, I was having kind of these dark ominous, like, whoa, what's going on? Whatever. This song felt kind of lullaby. And there's a few songs on here that feel kind of lullaby and sweet and loving. And, you know, yeah. they, they might sound dark, but I don't think that was really like the intentions or, or maybe, which is, it's classic hip, you know, with lyrics and meanings that the intentions or whatever kind of all over the place can be looked at different ways but yeah this one uh was a quick sweet one i agree yeah. any other thoughts on what blue no no I'm good. okay so i i remembered what i was going to say is oh, in, in a world possessed by the human mind the line that he talks about like looking down at your phones every time i hear it i just crumble because i, I would love like that's a reference to a time in 2016 mm. that isn't ahead of its time by any stretch but it's a timestamp on the song. You know what I mean? It, there's, there, it makes it in real time. It makes it in this universe to speak on the multiverse level. It makes it happening now. And that's the end. That's the last one we get. That's the last timestamp we get. We don't get to hear any more, um, you know, his views on like, what would he have thought of Donald Trump's reign? You know, I would love to know. He wouldn't be super political about it, but there would be flourishes in his art, I'm sure. You know? I don't know. I would hope he would have been super political about it. You know? Because not a... If, in general, I feel like there isn't enough. And with the, the stage that they held and the audience that they had, whether or not they were mostly Canadian, I mean, he he... He had a voice to be able to do whatever the fuck he wants. So, oh, absolutely. I think yeah. they would have no, you're gone right. bananas you're right. if if they would have kept playing. I think they would have gone bananas politically. I would have expected it from them. 
Yeah. Which is also fucking tiresome. You know, I can't tell you. I mean, I just was two weeks in Europe and I can't tell you how what many conversations came up. Yeah. No, well, no. Yes and no. I mean, so many conversations about like, we heard about the shooting yesterday, the oh, massacre right. yesterday, right. the this yesterday, that yesterday. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know what he would think about all this. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I'd love to know, because he, he had an interesting filter. He had an interesting right. prism, right? Like, he would right. take in take in the information, and then it would come out in all the colors of the rainbow on the other side. And it was, it was beautiful. Speaking of beautiful... Hi. Pete, I want to uh, <laughs> draw you like one of my French girls. <laughs> Right, especially especially the way he's lounging right now. Yeah, kind of lounging. For all the listeners, he's in he's in a room with I don't know how many candles are lit. Um, there's a wow. bunch of mirrors. He's got like satin pillows all over this crazy velvet. I can sofa. smell it here, Pete. <laughs> I mean, I I, I wish my screen was so scratch and sniff. Yeah. Oh God. Um, you know. Well, we can get into the next song, but I was going to say, in terms of Gord, just his take, I feel like he'd have a nuanced take. And I, I think when it comes to politics and when it comes to the state of the world, whether it's Donald Trump or a mass shooting. Or Trudeau you know, or whatever. yeah, Or Trudeau or whatever. It's like, it's like, there's a, there's the the good virtuous script to follow that, you know, if you don't, you're a total piece of shit. And then there's the, the, the other side of the people who speak in a, in a way that they don't have any remorse or don't have any care. They're completely on the opposite. Those are kind of the two spectrums or as it's more commonly referred to the left and the right. Um, or, you know, actually racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, racist or virtuous people. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is, I think that somebody like Gord's perspective would have been a lot more nuanced. And my only question isn't how good it would have been. It would have been if he was around. Um, like, how would it have been received? Because I think there's there are there are a few people that speak very, very intelligently about the state of the world, about things like Trudeau, things about Biden, things about Donald Trump. And those voices get drowned out because it's not, fuck that, this is a racist motherfucker, and blah, 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 or whatever. Like, it's just like, yeah, that's the easy thing to say. That's the low-hanging fruit to be so virtuous and, you know, everything. Like I said, it's a script. People follow it. It's kind of, it's to me, it's sickening um, because it's so easy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Donald Trump was is a, is a, is a shithead, or you know, like yeah, duh. But you know, <laughs> it doesn't seem. And I, Doi. yeah, yeah. But but you know, like that's what people say. That's all people really say. Nobody. I feel like if Gord was around here, I am putting words into his mouth. But um, you know, perhaps he would be a little more nuanced and talk about the reasons why things are the way they are. I think he totally Instead would. of just like 
you know, this, this orange Hitler who just popped up out of nowhere and like, like blindsided the entire world. No, dude, no. And, and I think when it comes to bad things in the world, be it school violence or shitty, horrible politicians or racist people, everybody plays a part. Everybody plays a part. You and I play a part. We all play a part. And so to just sit and point the finger and be like, those people are awesome. Those people are amazing. Those people are virtuous and accepting of everybody. And then those people over there are racist, deplorable pieces of shit that should go away or live on an island by themselves. It's just like, it's so stupid. And there's not enough people in this world. And that's what I think the conversation that Gord would bring to the table would be a much more nuanced conversation because nowadays it just doesn't exist. Yeah. People are just so quick to talk about shit from a, from a, from a, from a place that just, that is it, that they're either repeating a talking point they heard on CNN, MSNBC or Fox news. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. You've got you. You, you've got whatever channel suits your flavor. So you're in an echo. Channel. Yeah. And all that shit's entertainment anyway, man. Yeah. It's all it's bonkers. You know. Well, speaking of nuanced lyrics and um, a song about a place, let's go oh, yeah. to Insarnia. Tim, what do you got to say about Insarnia? Uh, you know, I more or less just vibed with the lyrics right off staring at your phone like a poker hand you do you don't know who you are you know that's the one that's the my one. heart there's the my heart yeah my heart and pocket and i you're on my mind you know it's just it's he's i don't know the, this one made me think about so many different things. And again, it had kind of this lullaby kind of folky acoustic guitar, maybe acoustic bass in here. That's kind of what I was hearing at one point, which made me, you know, I, I hate to ask artists about their songwriting process, but, uh, you know, knowing the fact that these guys sat around and sat in a circle or whatever and pumped out songs together, it just made me just kind of want to see that, um, experience that. It has kind of a bizarre ending, as many of these songs do. Yeah. The only thing I read about it was, you know, Gord said at one point it was supposed to be called Insomnia and it ended up in Sarnia. And I don't really know why or what the story is there. And that's, that's great. I did that's not That's kind that. of like, yeah, that's kind of like the, maybe the constant theme on this one is is not really knowing, you know, and just yeah. feeling the he- just feeling the heaviness of it. Um, yeah. He was that, reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Maybe. Yeah. Sarnia. Narnia. That was Narnia. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Narnia, you've been on my mind. <laughs> no, I think this song is gorgeous. <laughs> like, this song reminds me, it's, 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 it's Cousins with Flamenco. You know, like it's... Good call. Um, it's it's beautiful on a different sort of level or break uh, breaking out uh, throwing off glass you know like one of those songs it's mm. it's just sort of a a different caliber of song and you know to 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 get here at point <clears throat> x you know 
from point A, which was Werewolf Baby, this is all crab. All crab. You know, this is 35 <laughs> years later. And yeah. what they've accomplished together as a band is is amazing. There's not a lot of bands that the Stones have been around forever, but they didn't do it. You True. know, they've released they released shit like from like 1983, like it's been junk, you know. Um, U2, another legacy band that we think of as like infallible, like they haven't done anything great since Europa. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a that's a long time. Joshua Tree. Yeah. Yep. Joshua Tree. Yeah. Yeah, Joshua. I mean, Joshua Tree is the those early records, man. Okay. Yeah, the, the, fire. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. I yeah, that that was just saying. Yeah. We'll save that for okay. another pod. Oh well, we'll say real quick about about in in Sarnia, um, is that uh, this is, well, I'll save it. I'll save it for here in the dark.
this record feels like like uh, do you remember the do you remember the do you remember the Sports Illustrated cover of Dennis Rodman in drag sitting on a motorcycle? Sure. Really famous, um, where he's wearing lipstick and earrings. And, they probably yeah. wouldn't have allowed that in my town. Probably would have what? They probably wouldn't have allowed that magazine in my town. Really? No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. Canada's pretty open about that stuff. No, um, I remember the, it vividly because it was like I felt like okay, Rodman was crazy, amazingly talented basketball player, but he finally was able to, and if I remember correctly, reading some of that article and watching some of the interviews, he was finally able to be himself. Whoever how, whoever, and however and whatever that looked like. You know? And um, that was a big, big deal. That was a big deal for to put a, a, a star basketball player on the cover of Sports Illustrated in drag on a motorcycle. This is 90s. Um you know, mid nineties, whenever it was. Anyway, the reason why I thought of that was because I feel like this record is that I feel like this record is like, really, they just are being who they want to be on this record, like it or hate it. Some people like other things better, but I feel like the records in the past were always for a reason. Maybe that reason was trying to break through the American market. Maybe that reason was trying to make this record sound more this or that. Maybe that reason was whatever Bob Rock thought, you know, but I feel like this reason is this record is just because they wanted to play. This happens to be my favorite song on the record. Um, Hands down the way the bass starts off. um, Everything about it, the chorus, guitar licks. um, My only, the only drag here is that the, um, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, the um the ending so yeah it kind of leaves you hanging yeah you know it kind of it kind of left me hanging and in one regard i was it just made me think about the prior songs and how the endings are not i don't know a lot of many times we've commented on their song endings not just wrapping up or whatever it is but this one really left you hanging a little bit more than usual because this is song five and it, the whole song picks up energetically, right? And it kind of feels like we're going someplace now, a little bit different. Like you, you mentioned, Pete, the bass is really good. It's like, oh, yeah. It's just chugging along like this locomotive and there's a little bit of effects to it. Like it's just, it's, but it also kind of, the song to me, even though it was picking up and pace and everything, energy, it was also kind of felt like we were slogging through the mud still, you know, like there was just still uh, momentum, but a, a struggle here. And then this, this leave you hanging ending, you know, just, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just add to this one kind of on this album in general, you know, we touched on it at the beginning, but. It really left me wondering, you know, not necessarily why, but here we are in this new feel of a chapter in the hip and their discography and how amazing to be in a band, 
to be able to go through this process for so many years and recording, you know, on average, probably every year and a half and be able to knock out an album that's, you know, I just looked down at my notes and the first thing I read track wise is tired as fuck. I mean, maybe that was like part of the sentiment here, you know, that some of the music on this album feels just as far as the actual guitar or bass or drums go. Some of it feels like here we are, we're back recording. This is good. You know, this is, we're making art. And some of it feels like, whew, I've ran, you know, 15, 16 marathons and this one's feeling especially hard this time, you know, like kind of like what's going on. Well, it kind of doesn't matter. This is life. Let's just keep chugging through it. And that's, that's kind of how this album was when I, when I was telling about playing it for my wife when we were packing up. You know, it was really interesting to pause and consider maybe I should put something else on right now because that's like an album making you think and it's make it's it's art making you stop in your tracks and that's like the purpose of it. You know, it's kind oh. of the artist's the artist goal. I honestly think if we didn't get screwed and he never had cancer, this record wouldn't have been toured in in arenas. It would have been toured in small clubs, like purposefully, not because it wasn't drawing, but purposefully it would have been in small clubs because it's suited for like sort of a more intimate, like cabaret environment, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. If they're, if they're, if they're touring heavily on this record, that's what I would think. But, um, we did get screwed and we only got to hear three or four of the songs, uh, live mm -hmm. and they were in a stadium setting and going back briefly on in a world possessed by the human mind i think that's also why i really like it because i saw it live mm. uh because i love the breakdown in that song like leading up to the bridge um mm -hmm. the breakdown i love the tone of the bass like it's very reminiscent of like 80s um like new new wave indie sort of sure. you know vibe and it's just so fresh it's just so fresh sounding for this band, you know, that was playing uh, Cordelia, which is a fantastic fucking banger of a song, but it seems like a thousand years before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like our little tree. Yeah. And we've got, if we've got, to, we've got to see them taken off. You know, this this may have been like a precursor to I don't know to like an MTV MTV unplugged situation. Kind of kind of riffing off where you just were. You know, it oh, could yeah. have been like uh, it could have been like uh, I don't know a pinch hit kind of move for his solo career. You know, it could have. Um, you know, it would have, could have so many things. I mean, there's, yeah. there's part of me at this point, this juncture in their discography, part of me just really wondered or made me think like, what the fuck, you know, it's, yeah. it's really hard sometimes to process someone who's pivotal in your life. And you, it's just like, you know, fucking, 
steak and eggs or your morning coffee or whatever it is. And then having that kind of go away and come, come back just in a different version. And it's not the same, you know, it's just that I feel like that premonition or whatever the word is for this album is, is layered in for sure. Yeah. It's eerie. That's a trip. It's a trip. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, flip the record over and head into um, Great Soul. Uh, I really dig the melody. Uh, catchy, cool guitar opening. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I like a lot of things about this song. I think the ultimate takeaway I had with it is it just never gets there. It's like tantric sex. It's like, it just, it's like you're waiting for the big boom and it just doesn't. And by the end, you're just like, fuck, really? (laughs) Like you're just waiting for a heavy guitar to just come in and just destroy it. And it just doesn't. You're like, okay. So my, 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 my main note on this one is this, this one I looked up, I was like, all right, nothing works. I'm out of ideas. Like what? What is going on with this one? And um, apparently the guys were Simpsons fans. And there's a scene from the Simpsons. I have it queued up here and I'm going to try to play it to see if you guys can hear it. And it's it's taken from um, Ned Flanders' parents. This nothing works and I'm out of ideas. They changed it up a little bit, but this is, this is a reference. I'm going to try to play it right here. Nothing, and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> that's that's the scene. I mean, paint the picture. It's it's Ned's parents with a doctor, and Ned's in the background, like bouncing off the walls, you know, like no attention to anything. And that's that's the line. So apparently, that's where that that came from, which I just oh, love. I- that that you know that that made me feel like okay, there's still some playfulness going on here. Oh yeah. Take a fucking Simpsons quote and give me some really foreboding foretelling, I don't know. Pessimistic See, isn't something. See, fucked because this is this is why poetry is great, you know? Uh, yeah, in yeah. the context of a song is that one nugget of an idea. To me that was very deep. To me it was very deep. To me it defined my life. It was it was a mantra. It was like that's who I am. I've tried nothing and I'm out of ideas. Like I'm fucking useless. You know, and uh, and then you tell me it's a Simpsons quote, and it's like my world has just come down. <laughs> Way to go, Tim! <laughs> All right, I love that about it. it. Made me like it even more. You know, yes, like, me hell, too. Hell me yeah, too. hell yeah! Let's take something that makes us giggle and turn it into something else. You know. All right, let's hit it. Tired as fuck. Yeah, my initial search on this one led me to T-shirts that have big, bold font, tired as fuck, on the front. And I thought, I thought, oh, I need to have one of those shirts. And I was like, single. No, maybe, maybe. Where, where would I wear this shirt? This was a single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three million plays on Spotify. It's, it's big. Um, I love the lines. You know, get so high you can let go. Lake of gin up to my chin. It's so easy when you don't know how. You know, this, this song. It's like when we were traveling recently. From Rome to Dallas to Portland, man, that Dallas to Portland leg was tired as fuck. 
you know, it's just, this is, this, this just, it became an expression song, you know, it's, that's kind of what I, it's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah. Nice. Pete? Yeah, I dug it. I mean, it was, it was, I definitely was, I mean, I could see it being a single for sure. Um, the melody, I, I like the, it's got kind of a, feel like, like, I don't know if it's, it's, if it's Paul Langlois or Rob Baker doing the, the guitar on this, but very, it's a little Spanish vibe to it. I, I get some undertoes there. Um, again, the percussion and arrangements for this whole record is really stands out and Dude, the song is... I, I'm in my head it's like if we had these two producers for we are the same i think yeah like because the bones are there like there's some great songs on it it's not totally. it's not a piece of shit you know but it's like it's it's just not up to snuff i don't think and i know a lot of people it's their favorite but hey whatever i just think these guys on that record woo i agree with you 100 percent, 100 percent. All right, Hot Mike, this is another one that made me think Gord would have a heyday with where we are now that everything is a Hot Mike, you know? Um, I don't know. Well big, said. Bold, big, bold toms at the beginning. Uh, love, yeah, I love the way this begins. Um, this was one of my least favorite songs when I started listening to this record. And it's bubbled, it's bubbled up. It's probably a top four for me now on the record. Uh, where do you stand there, Mr. Tim? Um, you know, the song I, I found, eh, I was, I was kind of more lost on this one. And honestly, at this point in the whole, my whole listen of the album with this song, I was like, fuck it. I don't really care what these songs have been about i don't really care you know to look into this one i just was it kind of and not in a negative way it kind of just like i'm just succumbing to the hip at this point it's like give me another shot we need to keep going i love to, to riff on what you just said jd like the the drums and bass again just kind of this thunder rolling through. I love it when they do that. I love when those guys just create this, you know, storm. And I, I love that about the hip and this song. The, the ending of this one has this like pew pew kind of weird sound. You know, it's it was interesting, but I I kind of went from this one right next to the next right to the next one. So this one didn't. Didn't hang with nothing. You. Yeah, nothing negative. But I was just like, okay, what's what's going on next? Because right. I knew, you know, in in my listen methodology, I'm like, okay, we're we're heading towards the finish line. Tim was very passive about this song. Yeah, in, in not in not a negative way. Just how it no, that's what I'm saying. Passive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't no, be. Negative it's passive. funny because I I mean I echo a lot of what. Tim says, and to be honest with you, JD, I'm, I'm, you know, hopefully I get to where you are today, that the song bubbles up a little bit because I thought it was cool, I thought it was interesting, but it was definitely not my, my a standout track for me. Hey, I want you to keep working at it, and one day you will be like me. Yeah, 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 I will. Man, you got some guns there, man. I thought guns were illegal in Canada. <laughs> Ocean next.
Ocean Next, I thought, was great, and it grew on me. And the more I heard it, the more I—I I, I don't know. It—it's oh—it's a—it's a weird one. It—it it appeared in my head many mornings in a row. I don't know what it is about it because it feels like a song that there, there's often songs I'll hear. This is my Catholic upbringing right here, but there's often songs that I'll hear where I, where I, I think, man, this would be so cool played inside a massive church you know some oh. the cathedral or you know and and really and, and i thought you were gonna one. say like to, to listen to with god <laughs> of course of course no but there's there's a venue here in portland that's an old church it's called the old church and it's amazing to hear bands play there it's just different and this is this was one of those for me um i don't know why it just stuck in my head it's dark it's it kind of became one of my uh, favorite ones on this album, and I, I can't really, I can't really explain it. Pete, what did you think of Ocean Next? I loved it, man. And and you know, to to piggyback off what Tim said, as far as like his Catholic upbringing and being in a church, you definitely want to listen to this song with a healthy dose of guilt, also. Um, Always. <laughs> sorry, had to. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Um, no, I mean it's one of the coolest tracks on this record and i i echo everything that you said jd it would be it's weird that it became the stadium record that it did but i would love to see this band just at like 
um, God, not even a, not even like a theater, just something super small, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. if it was like 50 people, like that would be, Oh man. Awesome. I mean, yeah, you're never going to see the tragedy hit for 50 people. No, but, um, but this just record had that vibe. I would love to listen to everything. You know, and, and that that happened. I mean, I was reading a review of them playing live, and somebody the the writer commented on them playing stadiums, and then them showing up in a city in the U.S. and playing to like eighty people at a venue that maybe holds a couple hundred people, and not many folks showed up. And you know, this this one show, I wish I could remember what what it was, but the show they were basically saying that the band seemed to have like said fuck it and got ripped and played an amazing <laughs> show and it played an amazing show but they were like fuck it you know who cares that nobody's here let's just do whatever the hell we yeah. want and we're gonna play how we want to play and if somebody gets sloppy drunk and stumbles through their bass lines who cares and i mean i love to witness shit like that as a as a fan so it's yeah it's, oh i think uh, that's part of their ethos like they were always yeah, going to yeah. put you know, we've talked about it a lot through the show, but they're always going to put their art uh, ahead of, mm-hmm. a, you know, any other pursuits. And in fact, Gord calls it out on his posthumous record uh, to the song, basically his posthumous record that came out about a month after he died. Um, he had it set up almost like a, a, you know, like it was set up to come out. If I'm, If I recall correctly, it was set up to come out after he died. And it came out... Right. Yeah, and it came out, and it consists of however many songs, but each song is about one person or one group of people in his life, and mm-hmm. it's just led to many people trying to decipher who is who and what is what, and which one's about the kids and which one's about this. And but there's a very clear one about the band, and uh, if you get a chance, give it a listen. It's it's pretty cool. Has everybody spoken about Ocean Next? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? So then we get the right parenthetical, this record, Machine. Rock and roll, Tim. So, yeah, so this one's, you know, past the five-minute mark. We got we got a longer one here. They played this one a little bit live on their last tour. I, I, I found they, they played it 15 times. So this is, yeah, no, this is kind of maybe more of a, I don't know. It's It f- feels like um, about three minutes in, I was expecting it to maybe wrap up and start ending but it kept going and it was a good thing like it it, um it felt good for a closer uh yeah it has it has this strange kind of shut it down electronic ending yeah even even though it had like this pick me up feel for an ender it which is again kind of classic hip like leaves you excited for the next album and wanting more this had still had some of that there so it's um it's a little bit of an oddball in that regard with the rest of the album and how i felt going through it but you know it's it uh yeah it just it just felt like a good end of an album like if this if this lasts song was deeper and darker and yeah if this if this album had uh an ending of this song if it was just more deep and more dark and more foreboding and more like 
what the fuck? Then this, I, I think the whole album would have felt a little bit different, but this song doesn't feel that way. It still makes fans, I believe, probably want more hip. And it, it's, just, it's just got that. I love the lyrics of, you know, I'm a machine. I'm a real machine. You're a real machine. It's kind of like we're all in this together feeling. I also love the line, I can try not to try and remember a lot. I mean, that's just like, that's just like, get through the day, you know? So it's, it's, this was a good ending of an album for me. Man, when I got really high and listened to this record one day, I was convinced that man and machine, you can loop them somehow. Hmm. They seemingly like they fit together somehow, but I couldn't figure out how to put them together. So I could never hmm. replicate what I heard in my head. But to me, they're so linked. So linked. If anyone out there has, has done that before, please, please send us. Please, please send us some. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, some, some mashup. Yeah. yeah. What did you think, Pete? I mean, this is the. The, the the title for this record is is a reference to the song on the on the previous record, mm-hmm. you know, which I think was probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, song on that record. I thought this was a really cool ender. It 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 did wrap up the record nicely in terms of where it started. So I I, I feel you, JD. I don't know exactly what it sounded like in your head, but I. I definitely feel you on the first song and this last song being something you could like somehow loop or mix. Um, I got some Beatles vibes from this song. Hmm. Definitely got some Beatles vibes. Um, but the probably the coolest thing was uh, um, was the guitar following "I'm a Real Machine." Like that that melody is being played on the guitar as Gord sings it, and I just think that's so cool when bands do that. Oh, I didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I heard it's that. It's simple, but it's like, you know, they're they're playing the vocal melody on the guitar, and I just love it. It's because cool. you can fuck it up pretty easy. You know, it could sound cheesy, but it doesn't. It sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, good wrap up on this um, on this record. Yeah, song. And, I think it's a good way to wrap it up. And ultimately, a wrap up on the career of the tragically hip, uh, tragically. And, you know, ending way too soon. It's been a number of years now, but it still feels like yesterday that I listened to them for the first time. Well, I don't want to get too finale on me here, on you guys here. So I'll, I'll, I'll save that for a wrap up. But um, suffice it to say, I, you know, this record is, is a record that like rocketed up my power rankings earlier this summer. It's, it's a top seven record for me. So I I like this one a lot. Uh, any final thoughts from you, gentlemen? I just can't wait to see everybody in in Toronto. Yeah, man, just can't wait. Yeah, I'm stoked. It's gonna be great. And and Bob, if you're listening, you you should come. You know, we <laughs> we we want to drink some champagne with you. Or you know. <laughs> Pete wants to hear your your PSS in your what does he drive Jaguar. He wouldn't want to listen to this trash that I that I mix it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob's, All right, Bob's a, yeah, Bob's a Jaguar guy. 
MVP yeah. tracks for the record. Pete, we'll go with you first because you already gave yours away, you ding dong. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Here in the dark. Best song of the record. Hands down. Yeah, okay. I'm going Ocean next. It's just, uh, Oof. I, don't, I don't really know why. It's close second. I mean, I, 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 some of the songs I've picked from from this process, I'm not really sure why. But this one, you know, it's a little bit of an oddball, and it just for this, this is the song that I woke up hearing in my head several times in the past couple of weeks. So very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, as always, gentlemen, we'll be back next week for one more spin around the uh, old turntable before we head to Toronto for the finale uh, on the first of September. Hope to see you there. Hope to, well, I know I'll see you guys there, but I hope to see everybody who's listening there. And uh, that's all we got for you. Thanks. Thanks, fellas. Good to see ya. Pick up your shit. Thanks for listening to Getting Hip to the Hip. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review the show at gettinghiptothehip.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at GettingHipPod. And join our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash fully and completely. Questions or concerns? Email us at JD at GettingHipToTheHip.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.